Would you like to stand up, Chris? I want them to see you. Oh, you're coming up as well, right? Are you coming all three at the same time? All right, Evald, Kirsten, Anna Marie, let's welcome them. Hi. It's so good to be here and to see everyone again. I am so glad and so blessed to have two homes and two home churches. You guys are definitely one of them. And I can't thank you enough for those of you who know me from when I was a very different teenager to, uh, to who I am now. Thank you for investing in my life. I would not be here without you. And I can't thank you enough. But I am also blessed because I have another home and another family. And this family, I don't know how many missionaries, the pastors that they know, come and meet them and meet their other family. This is special. You guys are special. So I want you guys to know this is, it's busting my socks off and I'm doing my best not to cry. So we're going to rein it in. But um, why don't you guys introduce yourself just quickly and then I'll start with what I have to share. And then we can go. Yes, I'm Kerstin. I come from Germany and we are pastoring the church where Anne-Marie is until 19 years. And we give very warm greetings to you from the whole church, Christus für alle, Christ for all in Bielefeld. And we thank you very much for sending Anne-Marie. She's such a blessing for um, our country, for our city and for our family and church it's just a great um, ministry and person that she is. So thank you very much. We give you the thanks from our, us personally and also from the whole church. Yes. I just say yes and amen to everything that my wife Kerstin already said. <laughs> okay, so I have a gift that I brought with me from Germany for the church. Um, it's, first of all, what do you think of when you think of Germany? What's like the first thing that pops into your mind? Chocolate, amen. Mm. What else? Bratwurst, that's also very good. And somebody said a cuckoo clock. So I brought a little tiny cuckoo clock for you guys. It doesn't actually cuckoo because I think it would drive the pastoral staff cuckoo if it cuckooed every hour in the church nonstop. But it's just a cute little reminder from Germany of uh, where just of me and the church family that is there that we think of you too. And, um, you know, time or clocks are the same all the way around the world. They may be at different times and different settings, but they all kind of look the same. And that's because there's a link between us. So I just want you, every time you see the little cuckoo clock, just remember there's a whole other church family out there, not just me. There's a whole bunch of us out there. We are connected by a whole lot more than time. We're connected by something that is timeless. Right? So this is, Alex, I'm going to give this to you. Okay, so... Are you guys ready to hear what God has to share this morning? Good. So I would like to do just a quick little übung. I don't even know what that is in English. Exercise. Thank you. Uh, sometimes my brain thinks more in German than English. It's a good thing. I would like to do an exercise to make us ready and prepare our hearts to really receive what God wants to share. We were praying last night and sharing uh, just what, God, what do you want to share? And God gave a specific prophetic word and picture. And so I really want, we can sometimes hear it and it goes, oh, that's nice. That, that sounds really cool. And then it goes out the other side and we forget about it. So I want to do an exercise that will help it to stick and to stay. So everybody close your eyes and take a deep breath in. Calm your thoughts and breathe out. And as you breathe out, just open your heart. So breathe in and breathe out. When you breathe in, just say, Father, I'm, I'm listening. So breathe in. Father, I'm listening. 
Do it again. Breathe in. Jesus, we're listening to you. One more time. Breathe in. Holy Spirit, we're listening. Okay. You can look up. So we were praying, and I got a picture exactly of you guys right here as you're sitting. It was as if I were standing up here, and I saw the whole church. And I saw, starting from what is my right and your left, a wind coming through the wall and blowing across everyone. All your hair was being ruffled, and all the women are like, oh. And it was blowing across all the way to my left and your right. And I said, well, that's cool. That's a nice, refreshing wind that the Holy Spirit is bringing. But then I asked him, Holy Spirit, what does it look like? When your wind, your refreshing wind blows, what is it that you want to bring and refresh to this church? And I got three specific words. On the right, it started to blow, and I saw, uh, or saw, I saw in my mind it was written above, and I heard in my spirit relief, literally an unloading, that the burdens would be lifted, that the worries and concerns would be brought to peace and to rest on your inside. So I, bought, I saw him coming with his wind and bringing relief. And as it got to the middle, I saw the second word, and it was trust. And it was a specific trust in the Father. Not just trust in God, it's out there somewhere. But trust that God is your Father. He's your dad. He cares for you in a, in a way that is so much better than any earthly father could. So a deeper trust in God as Father. And then as the wind continued to blow over on this side, I saw the word joy and strength. And I um, saw how people, after being relieved of their burdens, a deeper trust in the Father, they were filled up with a joy and a strength, ready to take on the day, ready to go out into what God is telling them to do, ready to be obedient with joy and with strength of faith. Because often we kind of get to that point, I have been there too, we kind of, well, good, it's another day. Oh, Lord, give me strength for this day. And we just kind of, tired sometimes and we look at the day and we kind of go oh we got to get through this come on you and me Jesus we're going to get through this day but where's the joy where's the wow it's another day and the Holy Spirit wants to refresh that he wants to come and relieve the burdens he wants to lead you into a deeper trust with your heavenly father and he wants to fill you with his joy and his strength so that you rise to tackle your job, to tackle your days, to tackle whatever situation is in front of you, or to just simply go through it, but to do it with the joy of the Lord that is your strength. To rise up and have strong knees and strong elbows and hands and be ready to go on. Not because you're something special, but because you're something special to him. And he fills you. So this is the picture that I saw. And these words, let it just sink into your heart. Relief, unburdening, deeper trust in God, your father, and joy and strength to tackle the day. Okay? So let's take a deep breath in and just think of those three words. Breathe in. Relief. Unburdening. Breathe in. Trust in God, your Father, as your Father. Breathe in joy and strength to tackle the day. We thank you, God, that this is what you're doing. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that this is what you're bringing. And we say, yes, we want it. We want to receive it. We open our hearts and we receive. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. When Pastor Alex gave this invitation to ask God our questions and open up our hearts with the desires which are in our hearts, I don't know what your prayer was, but my prayer was, Lord, I want to see your glory. 
Lord, I want to know you more. And I really believe that God wants to give us today revelation of himself, of who he is, of our relationship that we have with him. Today I want to talk in a way about worship. Do you know uh, probably the first um, scripture in, in the Bible where worship is mentioned or worship is actually uh, described? Who can help me? Let's preach together. Do you have an idea? For the first time in the Bible where the word worship is kind of explained. Okay, the, the, the very beginning um, relationship between Adam and Eve and God is actually worship, but the word worship is named uh, in a scripture that we want to read together, Genesis chapter 22, and here in verse 5. Let's read it together. Stay here with the donkey, Abram told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. Now you know the situation? It is when Abraham was called from God to do something that really broke his heart. To worship God by bringing his son Isaac as a sacrifice. We know this scripture. For Isaac, this time of worship, when they went to the mountain, was a common situation. Um, I assume that oftentimes Abraham and Isaac went to one of the mountains to worship God, to bring sacrifice to him. Um, but uh, this time something was different. Usually they would go to the mountain and build an altar and then they would sacrifice a lamb or another animal. They would declare their faithfulness to the Lord. They would bring thanks to the Lord. They would ask for forgiveness. They would ask for God's favor. They would ask for God's blessing and then they would return. That's what they would do usually. But this time something important was missing. And we can read it in the next verses, 6 to 8. So Abram placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abram and said, Father, yes, my son, Abram replied. We have the fire and the wood. We, the boy said, but where are the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abram answered, and they both walked on together. This was the very special situation. Where is the sheep? Isaac asked. And Abraham's answer was, God will provide. Only Abraham knew what this time God was calling and challenging him to do in worship. He was challenged to worship God in surrender of the most valuable that Abraham had in life his son. It was something that he in, uh, that incarnated all his hopes, his dreams, his visions, his achievements in life, his biggest blessings, and the promises of God. Everything in, in this person of his beloved son, Isaac. Only Abraham knew this. The most vulnerable area of his life, the son of his hope. And we can read it in the same chapter in verse 2. 
Uh, if we do it together. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. Whoa. Only Abraham knew this. And what must have been going on in his heart when he was to worship God this time by sacrifice. I want to give a definition of worship. This is my definition that I take out of this scripture. Worship is surrendering what you hold most valuable and coming with empty hands to receive what God has for you. Let us just think about it a little bit. I'm looking if I no, I don't have it. So uh, I will read it one more time. Worship is surrendering what you hold most valuable and coming with empty hands to receive what God has for you. So worship, it's not just singing songs of praise and rejoicing in the Lord. All this is true and right, but actually it goes much deeper. Worship means surrendering all to God. Surrendering the most valuable in your life to God because you trust him. Because you believe in him. Because you obey him. Emptying yourself and standing before God with open hands. Not with reserved and full hands, but with really empty hands. And expecting him to fill your hands, to fill your life. This is what happens in worship. Surrendering in faith and obedience. Sometimes God brings us to a point where our worship is about letting go of everything that became so important to us next to God. Surrendering, letting go of everything. This can be a huge challenge sometimes. But this is really what worship is about. In those moments... It's actually our faith and our obedience to God that is being challenged. Do we really trust God to be faithful? Do we really belong to God with everything that we are and that we have? Do we still count on God's promises even when everything seems to go wrong and not the way we expected to happen? These are the questions that we have to ask ourselves. So let us take a closer look to Abraham who became our father of faith and learn from him. We read in Hebrew chapter 11, there is kind of a summary of the experience that Abraham had with God. And here it says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice that God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham Reasons that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, God did receive his son, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. So this was an expression of real deep faith, real deep trust in God. Abraham didn't... Um, give up, but he is surrendered. He still trusted God, that God is able to do the impossible. 
Till then, no one was raised from the dead. But he believed that if necessary, God is able even to rise from the dead. He is the Lord of a life and that, and he can even rise from the dead. He, he told, he promised, and he is faithful. I don't know how it will go, but I know God told me to bring my son Isaac as a sacrifice, and I will do it. I don't know what will happen now, but I know God is faithful. That is really faith. That is what we really can learn from Abram. Abram really sacrificed his son. It was not just a parable. He really sacrificed his son. And we can read it in um, the next passage. God had to stop him. God actually sent his angel to stop him. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abram looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Even before, Abraham already by faith said to his son, the Lord will provide. He didn't know how it would be, but God showed up. God is faithful. God provided a sacrifice. And we know who the sacrifice is. We know who this Lamb of God is. We know who was sacrificing his only one loved, beloved son. It was our Heavenly Father who sacrificed his son Jesus Christ on the Mount Moriah, which is also the hill of uh, Calvary. We know that Jesus is this Lamb of God. But Abraham, he was a prophetic type prophetic sign for what is to come and because of his deep trust in God Abraham received a great reward you know what reward it was one of the rewards is uh, that uh, he, he became a new deeper revelation of who God is God revealed himself to Abraham as Yahweh Jireh The God who provides. He knew that there is a God who provides. But now he met the God who provides. Abraham was a prophetic model of what Jesus Christ was. And then what happened? God confirmed all his promises to Abraham and Isaac. And God called Abraham the father of faith. And God called Abraham his friend. What a reward. So sometimes we have to sacrifice. We have to let go. We have to surrender the dearest and the beloved and the most valuable. But then we stand in front of God with empty hands. And God is there. He is faithful. And he is there to, to reward. He will confirm all his promises into our life. All his promises will come true. When we really trust God. He reveals himself to us in a deeper way. And we begin to see more of his glory. Like Abraham experienced this time. 
I want to give some examples out of my own experience. And I'm sure many of you have your own story and your own experience with God, what it means really to worship, what it means to let go, what it means to surrender. But I want to share a little bit out of my own personal story. I was ministering in Kazakhstan since many years I'm doing that. And one time I was about to go to a mission trip to Kazakhstan, but my wife Kerstin had a multi-resistant um, virus in the ear and it was hurting so badly for two weeks. And uh, the doctors gave antibiotics and, uh, and every medical um, treatment, what they know, but it didn't help. And this was so painful for her and I had to go. So wh what will we do? I would stay with my family to take care for my family first. But we needed to know what is God saying to do? So Kerstin said, uh, they are waiting for you. You have to go. Uh, I'm, I will survive it. So, but I said, I will not go until I have a word from God. And then uh, it was exactly this scripture when God told me, when I was reading in my quiet time, uh, and then this scripture came up and God um, yeah, spoke through the scripture on the mountain the Lord, uh, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I didn't know how it will be, but I knew exactly it was the Lord. So I went to Kazakhstan, and during this trip, we uh, were really on a mountain. I didn't know it before. For an extra day of prayer and fasting in, uh, in the city of Almaty, where Pastor Thomas is from, and we were praying there and one of the preachers were sharing about what it means to be a priest in the house of God. What it means to be a priest in your own family. What uh, responsibility but also authority comes with it. And in this moment it became a revelation to me that I have authority uh, to resist the work of the enemy, the work of devil in my family. And uh, a face rose in, in, in my spirit and I started to pray and I knew in this moment uh, and my wife is healed. I knew the breakthrough has come uh, because God confirmed it in my spirit. So the next day we were talking and Kerstin said that yesterday at, at a, a certain time the pain was immediately gone and uh, yeah, and now it's getting better and better. So, and I watched at the clock, it was exactly at that very moment where I received this revelation and this promise of God and, and she was healed and still is healed. Yes, when I, yes, praise God. When I came home, I went to the doctor to explain what happened because he, he didn't understand why the healing came at, the, at this moment, he didn't know what to do anymore. That is how, what happens when we really uh, let go of our worries, when we surrender to God and uh, give, give everything into God's hands. But we need a word of God. And then we have faith and we, then we can walk in obedience. There are so, so many examples that I could share, but let me share another one. Um, when I was working for a mission organization, I went to Kazakhstan and God put a desire into my heart to minister in Kazakhstan. Um, my wife Kerstin um, didn't speak Kazakh or Russian, so she started to study Russian and we heard this call from God to minister in Kazakhstan. So we assumed that we will really go as missionaries to Kazakhstan and do church planting and the kingdom work there. But then uh, I came back from this mission trip and uh, we started just to serve 
the people in our town, Bielefeld, just to reach out. And uh, many of them came to know Christ. And now we feel res responsibility for this group of people. We were around 10 people. And uh, so we find ourselves in, in a church planting. We didn't want it. We wanted to integrate these people into one church. But this pastor told us that uh, we have to check with God. Maybe he wants to start a new church with, that, with us because we are reaching people others don't. So maybe uh, God wants to have a new church with you in this city and I will be supportive. So we started to pray about it. But how about the call to go to Kazakhstan? So... Uh, I personally had to surrender uh, my dream and hope and vision to go back to Kazakhstan, the land where I came from, where I was born and raised. But then God did something with this surrender. Later on, God opened uh, possibilities and doors and uh, relationships that I was able to go back and forth to Kazakhstan and send out missionaries and do church plantings and uh, yeah now we have around 30 four square churches in Kazakhstan yeah yes sometimes we don't understand we we know God has called us but then it goes in, in a different way than we have expected and we have to surrender the promise of God surrender what uh, we feel God has called us to do into his hands and then to stand with empty hands in front of him and see what he will do. See how he will fill your hands. And I, I, it is really a pattern that I can see in, in our church history. It was always so that we had to surrender something before a new breakthrough came. As church, we were having a, a social care ministry called Family Center, and we were working with up to 30 people who were drug addicted or homeless, and they were coming to us and um, in a program to have a daily structure. We had a second-hand shop, and uh, we built up many things to, to uh, run this ministry. And then we um, heard God telling that we are to close this down. Uh, but we didn't know what will change now. And when we uh, gave up into God's hands to let go this shop, right after that, there came a um, wave of refugees to our land and to our city. And when then we were able to receive them and to care for them. And by now, in the last around two and a half years, we were able to baptize around 250 people who came from Muslim background, from Syria, from Iraq, from Afghanistan, from Iran. And they, for the first time in their life, had the chance to, uh, to experience religious freedom, to make a choice. And we shared about who Jesus is and uh, about God's love. And they uh, received Christ as their Savior. And now, uh, yeah, they, they are really inspiring us, the long-term believers, to trust God more and to, to trust deeper, you know. It's so exciting to see what God is doing. But I see it's always connected with through worship. And through worship is uh, when we surrender to God. We have to let go in obedience, in faith, in trusting God, and to stand in front of him with empty hands, and then to watch out what God will do next. Amen? Uh, I want Kerstin to share uh, another example out of our family life, out of uh, her experiences. Would you please? So when you, we read the story of Abraham and Isaac, this surrendering was uh, a surrendering in, um, in family. And um, for me, uh, it's often hard to, to surrender or to relieve uh, the kids. Uh, our kids are, are, the youngest is 11 and the oldest is 16. 
And now they are coming or are in these teenager times where it's important to let them go and to relieve and let them do their own choices. I think some of you have gone through this and your kids are older and for others this time is coming. So I think that's a topic that's um, really uh, uh, there in our lives. So, for example, our middle son, his name is Silas. He's 14 years old. And someday he talk, okay, I, I don't want to play guitar and I don't want to play soccer. I did this for long years, but I don't want to do it more. And we were very sad about it because we love him play the guitar and he was playing worship songs and he was good in playing football. And there was just some time and he said, oh, I've done this for so many years. I don't want to do it more. And uh, we just have to step back and say, okay, we encourage him to go on, play soccer, and you will, you, you will be very great. And um, come on, play more. Go on, play guitar. You've learned so lot. It's, it's so sad if you lose all this. But he don't want to. And so we, we just um, surrender this and we relieve him in um, cha changing of his interest and what what he will do and then he figured out another um, hobby uh, another sport he um, loved to go uh, with his bicycle and he began to ride downhill uh, I think you know what it is to ride uh, very dangerous rides in the mountains and to do some jumps and he's really good in, his, in this. He can build for hours these jumps and then driving there. And you know, for a mom like me, uh, it's just <laughs> coming home, showing me his videos, how he's jumping with his friends and... Uh, he's protectors on him everywhere, but I'm a little frightened, not a little, I'm very frightened about this. <laughs> Talk to my husband and he say, oh, he's a boy, it's good when he's doing some tough <laughs> sports. <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, we, we're going to allow it. <laughs> so, um, I, I really got to pray. It was important for me to pray about it and I say, okay, Jesus, I really need you in this situation and I, I relieve my son to, to do this and please help me with all my frightening. And uh, so it's a good situation when he go on his downhill trips. It's, it's a time where I connect really to, to the Lord and he give me peace. And one time I, I tell to Silas, oh, you can be so glad you have a mom that believes in Jesus. If I wouldn't believe in Jesus, I would not allow you this. <laughs> and you know, I'm, it's really a time. I have a good time with Jesus when you go riding because <laughs> I have to stay close to him and connected to him. Yes. Thank you so much. Anna-Marie, would you please share about your experiences in letting go? I have had many experiences, um, like the little slidey thing here, of letting go. But I want to share one that also will give you a little idea of what we're doing in the church. As you have heard, we do a lot of work with refugees, and there has been a wave after wave after wave of refugees coming. And we were sharing the love of God with them. We were preaching and sharing. And we also um, do faith foundation classes. We invite them in. And those faith foundation classes go for a whole month. And we kind of do very intense sessions. And I am privileged to be a part of this. I love, I love it. Um, and I end up getting really close to these guys and girls. I get um, to the point where my heart is just bleeding for them. And these are the pictures of our last baptism. And they are not in the live stream, so I apologize for that, but these pictures are not allowed on the internet because it's dangerous for the people if the family hears them. So these are, this is for those of you who came to church. So, <laughs> but there are three pictures on the screen of, uh, of our last baptism. And I want, to just show these pictures to show how much God has connected my heart to this last group. They were coming to our faith foundation classes and the picture of the woman on the left who's kind of smiling up at me, 
in the baptismal. Um, we were teaching, I was teaching a class, and in the middle of class, she gets a phone call. And she takes the call and immediately starts breaking down into tears and like hysterically crying. Well, what do you do? You just, hey, please go outside. I'm teaching here. It's not really a good idea. So I ask what's happening. Her husband had been arrested. She's from Iran. And somehow the Iranian authorities learned that she and her daughter had, ref had fled the country and come to Germany and were going and visiting churches. So they arrested her husband and threw him in jail and misused and abused him so badly that he got sick in his lungs. And the, the jailers thought he was going to die. So they released him to die and not die in their jail. And he had gone to the hospital and nobody knew what to do. And this was the phone call that the woman got in the middle of class. So what do you do with that? Okay, sorry. Uh, go ahead and go out. I need to, I have a class here to teach. No, we stopped. We said, okay, we're family and we believe in Jesus. So we gathered around and we prayed and we prayed for him. We prayed for her. We prayed for the daughter and just took the time because that's what, I mean, teaching is just intellectual, but that's life and that's being family. So we did that with them. And I told the woman, you know, if you need to take time, take time, don't worry about it. Go take time to spend time and be with your daughter if, if that's what you need. And we continued going on after we had taken time together. And afterwards, this woman comes up to me and we just, she doesn't speak hardly any German and hardly any English, but she comes up to me and wants to cook me a meal because I cared for her and, and I prayed for her husband. And the daughter comes up and they're just so, I mean, just shining faces and everything. And this is the woman on the left. The one on the right, I'm actually dancing with. We had baptized her. She had gone through our classes. We had baptized her. And um, both of us, in the moment that she came up out of the water, were so filled with joy, we had to start dancing. We were just dancing and having a fun time. And Ewald says, that's the first time we've ever had anyone dance in the baptismal. I say, that's right, the first time for everything. Um, and so every single one of them, there was such a, a breakthrough, such a, re a release, such a joy, such a relationship between us. I don't even know all their names. I can't pronounce most of their names. But they would, every time I'd come, they'd come, we'd, we'd eat together. Every time there was there, there's this beautiful relationship. And three days after this baptism, they were all transferred to other cities and I never heard from them again or saw them again. And I have no idea how to get in touch with them or where they're at and if they're okay. And that happens all the time. We have Faith Foundation classes about once a quarter, every three months or so. And it happens all the time. We build relationships. They have these experiences with God, where God breaks through, where people are healed, where people, I mean, I have watched people be healed of cancer. I have watched, we have prayed for people and they had problems with their kidneys and they were healed and got new kidneys. We prayed for people who had sciatic pain and could barely move. They come up and say, can God heal me? He's like, Jesus can. We pray and they get healed. We see amazing experiences with God and they get baptized, hallelujah. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and then they're gone somewhere. We have no idea how to follow up and help them. We can only let go and trust that God is going to go with them and help them. And um, we just, we just, but we don't know. And so this is an area where I have to constantly let go. of People that I come to love in a very short time, and I have to just let that go. And some, some of them now, um, We've, we hear of a few of them here and there through the, through the vines. Ewald sometimes goes to before the judges when they come in to have their interviews and they kind of, um, they're going through their process of asylum and they have to go before the courts, some of them, to give their testimony and to say why they shouldn't be sent and deported back to their country. And Ewald goes in to, as the pastor of the church that baptized them to give witness. And so sometimes he sees them after months of us not seeing them. And all of a sudden we get a phone call from the, the government saying, you have to come. And we're like, who are you again? Which one are you? Was it all, and all these different names. And he goes and he meets them. I don't. 
He gets to see them, but I don't. And he goes in and he sees some of them and says, okay, how are you guys doing? How's your faith doing? And he sees their faith has grown. And they sit together in the courts with a bunch of unbelievers around and they pray together. And Abel doesn't pray, he says, you pray. And so they sit together and they pray and the judges watch and the people watch and they see this. And so God is doing things. It's not us. It really isn't. God is doing this. It's his kingdom that he is building. And he's the one who builds his kingdom. And he's the one who builds his church. But we have to be ready to be obedient, to take steps of obedience and just do it. But also to surrender, to let go, to trust God, that he's going to do something with it. Not knowing what it looks like or how it's going to go further. This, this comes to I want to come to the end of the sermon, but as uh, we said from the beginning, we feel really this is a prophetic uh, message for you guys, for the church. And, we, and I want to call four areas where I believe there are people here who God is challenging to, um, to surrender, to let go. And please open your heart and listen if God is challenging you. Because it is worship. And it will lead you in a deeper trust. And it will be rewarded by deeper joy. First of all, here are people that God is calling to let go of own plans for your life, on security, on comfort zone, and to trust God to lead you in his way. You hear me? You're a people who God is really calling right now to let go, to surrender own plans of life own security, own comfort zone, and to trust him to lead you his way. Secondly, here are people who God is calling to let go of disappointments, of hurts, of past experiences, and to receive the future that God has for you. I want to repeat it. People who are challenging from God now to let go of disappointments, hurts, and past experiences. And to receive the future that God has for you. Thirdly, and if you know, and if you are, you know it in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit will confirm it to you. Here are people whom God is calling to let go of worry about a beloved person that trusts God and trusts God to care and to provide for them. You have beloved person in your life that God is calling you to surrender, to let go, to trust God, to take care of and to provide for them. And the fourth area, this is what we receive by praying together. God is calling some of you to let go of fear and actively take step of faith and obedience to follow what God is saying. You know, God is saying something, God is calling you to do some steps of faith, some step of obedience, but there is this fear that hinders you to do that. You have to surrender this fear, you have to let go of this fear, and you will experience breakthrough in your life.
You will experience that God will confirm all his promises. And God will give you great joy and strength. So we want to respond to God's word. When there's a teaching, when there's a prophetic word, it's very important that we first receive it by listening and giving our attention to it. But the next step is to respond to it. We need to take action. So we want to give an opportunity for you to respond this morning. So everybody can close their eyes for a moment. Take a deep breath in and out. And I'm going to say these things again and just ask the Holy Spirit, let God speak to you today. What is he asking you to let go of? He is calling some of you to let go of your own plans for your life, your own security, and your own comfort zone, and to trust God to lead you in his way. Is God asking you to do that this morning? He's calling some of you to let go of disappointments and the past to receive the future that he has for you. He's calling some of you to let go of worry about a specific person, a beloved one. And trust God that he will care and provide for them. And he's calling some of you to let go of fear and actively take steps of obedience to follow what he is saying. Holy Spirit, we invite you to just speak to our hearts right now. What are you asking us to let go of? Take a moment and hear from him. We want to respond. So if you're here and you have heard something from God, whether it be one of these four points or whether God has spoken to you specifically about something else, and you say, man, that's going to cost a lot. That's hard for me. But you want to do it. You want to say yes, you want to be obedient. That I'm just gonna simply ask you to take a step of obedience now, to respond and simply stand up where you are. And that's just your way of saying, God, it scares me to death, but I surrender and say yes to you. I surrender to what you are asking of me. I surrender and choose to trust you. If that's you, then just stand up. No one's looking. No one's going to judge. Just stand up and say, I say yes. I say yes. Remember, the Holy Spirit is coming with his wind. And he's bringing relief from the burdens. He's coming with a deeper trust in God as your father. And he's coming with his supernatural joy and strength to equip you, to make you ready and passionate and full of fire for the day. So if you are scared and you're like, I don't know if I can stand up. I don't know if I can say yes to this. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is the promise of God for you. He will meet you with relief. He will meet you with trust. He will meet you with joy. And he will meet you with strength. Do not let fear hold you back from what God has for you today. Do not let your worries or your concerns or your own shame about what your own failures are or ways of your past stop you from what God is giving you now. It is here. It is today. Be bold. Be courageous. Son and daughter of God. Say yes. Respond to God. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come and flow. 
Come and flow. Let's just pray. Let's just give it to God. Let's just pray. If it's in tongues or in the spirit language, you pray. If it's in your own language, you pray. Let's just pray and worship and let the Holy Spirit flow. Come, Holy Spirit. Move, mighty spirit. Move and flow right now. Flow through the room. Touch the hearts. Touch the hearts. Bring your relief. Where there are burdens, we speak now relief in Jesus' name. Where there are um, things that are weighing down of the spirit, we just speak breakthrough into those situations. We speak breakthrough into hearts right now. We speak breakthrough into marriages and into relationships. We speak breakthrough in Jesus' name. Right now, we speak trust in God out over our, into these uh, hearts and into lives. We trust you and we say yes. We receive deeper trust in God. We want more. We want more and we are ready for more of you. We surrender. We say yes. We don't know how it's going to go, but we will surrender. We will say, even if you take it from us, we will still trust you. We know that what you have is better than what we could understand. We trust you. Come, Holy Spirit, breathe that fire, breathe that passion, breathe that trust into us. Breathe it in. We breathe in your trust. We breathe in your faith. We breathe in what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name. And we speak out right now joy. Joy to you. Joy to your hearts. Joy to your days that you wake up with fire, that you wake up with refreshment, that you wake up with faith, that you wake up with vision, that you wake up and say, I will take on this day because Jesus is in me and at my side and I will not give up. We say yes to joy. We say yes to strength and the joy of the Lord as our strength. He will meet you. He will meet you. He will meet you and he will confirm what he is doing. And it is just starting today. This is just the beginning. It will grow and it will grow further. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you are doing. Thank you for what you are doing and what you will do and what you are continuing to do. And we want to say every day is yours. Every day we will surrender. Every day we will give, we will let go and we will trust and we will worship you. We worship you. We pour out in worship to you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have received something today, if God has done something in you today, before you go, tell someone. Because there's a power when you say it out loud. And there's something that seals it when you say it out loud. So don't go without sharing it today. Okay? Yes. Give the Lord a hand. Good job, God. You are awesome, Heavenly Father. Yes, I totally concur. If you say out loud what you sense God has done, it will seal it. And it will begin to become more of a reality than just the idea. Boy, what a wonderful, wonderful time in the presence of God. Worshiping, hearing the word, hearing stories. Real people just like you and I, and God moving on their behalf, I know he'll do it for us too. Before we go today, I want to um, ask you to surrender in one more way. Some of us are called to give our time, our energy, and our gifts. Others are surrendering our hearts and our testimonies. Um, others of us have been blessed financially. I haven't told these guys this, but I, I want to help them cover their costs for the trip here and back. They're spending the next four days at our Foursquare convention, and they've got hotels to pay for, meals, transportation, and that airfare. It's 28 hours for Anna to get here. And uh, can we help them pay their way and so they get home? I know they have tickets returned, so I know you're going home. But can we help them pay their way? I'd like uh, to give you a couple opportunities to, to give. We're going to um, show you a slide up here. And uh, rather than take an offering and pass a basket, we're just going to show you a couple things. Claire, come and tell us one of the new things that we have just that might make it really simple right now. 
So we have um, some of the traditional ways that you guys can give um, to our wonderful ministers in Germany. Um, we have a basket in the back on the sound booth with a little sign if you have cash that you'd like to give or if you have a checkbook, those of you who still carry checkbooks, um, you can make a check out to RCC and then just put Germany in the memo line. Um, we also have um, a donation page on our webpage if you want to go home and donate. And a really cool new feature that we have available now is text to give and it's super simple. You can pull out a cell phone. We have our phone number right there. It's dedicated just to Renton Christian Center for donating for moments like these. Um, and you can uh, type in our phone number 425-276-7273 into your text message. Um, and then just put in a subject line a dollar amount and the word Germany and it will send you a secure link back to your cell phone and you open the link and you take a picture of your debit or credit card and it goes to a secure, completely um, anonymous secure site and, um, and it sends that money to um, the church so that we can give it along to our ministers in Germany. So that's a super easy feature. And if you're a part of Renton Christian Center, you can save that number in your cell phone and your contacts and use it for any future giving that we have here at the church. Um, and to clarify for those who attend RCC, if you do give to missions or you do give to Anna specifically as a missionary, that is a separate thing than what we're doing today. So if you are using text or online or writing a check for Germany today, it's specifically for this special offering. Um, and if these methods are available to people from Renton Christian Center or Word of Life, you can do any of these items. Thank you. So let's, um, let's do this. You know, it's highly unusual for me to talk a whole lot about money, but this is not money. This is ministry. If you have a cell phone right now and you're able to, go ahead and put the number back up there, Janet. Um, if you're able to, if you want to, just kind of at least punch the number in, even if you don't happen to complete it right now because you want to go look at something or take a picture of your credit or debit card. Let's just kind of just get used to uh, the 21st century here. Amen. We have one last thing, and this is a celebration. Uh, Bakhtiar, are our friends Max and Lena here? Are they here? Uh, yeah, why don't you go get them and bring them up. Uh, we have a, a baby that I mentioned last Sunday. We prayed for baby Leon, who was born under four pounds to Max and Lena, and uh, he's already home. We thought he would be in the hospital for, for weeks. Yeah, come on up here. And they asked if we would dedicate him to the Lord this morning. And we're going to do something very special. I, I forgot to mention, uh, Pastor Tomas and his wife Angelica are here from Kazakhstan, also for the Foursquare Convention. And we have, I think, four pastors from Central Asia in the room this morning. And Evald, why don't you, Bakhtiar, Thomas, Angelica, come. Let's, uh, let's pray and dedicate Leon to the Lord. Am I missing one? Who else? Yeah, yeah, come on up here. Kirsten as well. Yeah. I believe this baby will receive a very special blessing. Having four pastors praying <laughs> blessings over it. The name of the baby is Leon. And I just want to introduce uh, Pastor Thomas is the pastor from Almaty, Kazakhstan, where they were in the church before they moved uh, to America. Bakhtiar was uh, their youth pastor before, and Pastor Alex is now their pastor. And who I am, I'm Thomas's pastor. <laughs> so we had together here, and we want to speak blessing. And um, when uh, this request came up, I asked the Lord to give a word of blessing into the life of this little one of Leon and it is written in Psalm 17 uh, verse 15 but because I have done what is right I will see you when I awake I will be fully satisfied for I will see you face to face I believe that this promise 
will be with this wonderful baby Leon all his life. He will see God from face to face. When he wakes up in the morning, when he goes through the day, when he lays down to sleep in the night, um, he will always know God um, and see him face to face. Do you agree? So stretch out your hands and speak blessings. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this miracle that we can see now. Thank you for Leon. He is a miracle of you. You have beautiful and wonderfully made him. And we proclaim your blessing over his life that he will grow up knowing you personally and seeing you from face to face. When he wakes up, you are there. When he goes through the day, you are there. When he goes to bed, during the night, you are there. In every circumstance of his life, you are there. And I pray also for the parents that you may give them wisdom and love into their hearts to raise this child. And we dedicate this child into your hands and into your future and your plans for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. See you in about three months. We'll do it again. All right. God bless you. I think we have some snacks in the fellowship hall. If you want to go get some goodies, stay around and greet one another. God bless you.